Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This introducing is the Rich Eisen Show. I try to give you facts. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Does the combine still matter? Combine still matters. It will always matter. It never won't matter. I take it that the coaches aren't showing up. It's because the broadcast is so damn good. You know what? Go run another 40 in your suit. Oh, I plan to. Earlier on the show, legendary Hollywood producer Brian Grazer. Still to come. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Falcons head coach, Raheem Morris. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Yeah, that's correct. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. What a great first hour. The legendary producer Brian Grazer was here. We talked about so many of his movies from Night Shift to Splash to Friday Night Lights, Apollo 13. So much to talk about with him. We could barely scratch the surface, but obviously we talked about the documentary that he's the executive producer on, The Dynasty, New England Patriots. Uh, a great chat with Tom Curran yesterday about the current decision the Patriots are going to have starting um, this very spring with the third overall pick. I'm heading to the Combine after today's show. Albert Breer will join us from the Combine coming up in 20 minutes' time to talk about what he's uh, writing about, talk about what everyone's talking about at the Combine, which is pretty much everything. Raheem Morris, the Atlanta Falcons' new head coach, will join us in hour number three of this show. Something that Albert wrote about in the MMQB caught my eye. What do you got? He says that uh, an unnamed executive says that J.J. McCarthy is, quote-unquote, way off from the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft. And um, talking about how they were surprised by his size. Yeah, I've, he's I've, lanky. Uh, I've heard a little bit about that. Doesn't weigh very much. One veteran exec told me in the fall that he was taken aback by how narrow and lanky the Wolverines quarterback was, calling him a stretched out Bryce Young, Breer wrote. Whoa. Okay. Hmm. I, I, I just, I just want to say this. It's unfair what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. Have you ever heard about a quarterback coming into the league off of a stellar season, not a championship season, but a stellar season for his school. And he got drafted all the way in the sixth round because everybody thought he couldn't do it. You're right. That's not fair what you're doing. I know. (laughs) I know. But you compare players just because of the school that they go to. You know. 
I, I don't care how lanky he was. There wasn't a single time I was sitting there watching that team over the last two years talking about how stretched out and lanky he is. And I understand the pros are totally different than college. But I would just um, tell anybody out there that you uh, pass on this guy at your apparel. The Denver Broncos are meeting with him tonight, according to George Payton, the general manager of the Broncos. Wise move. Wise move. I think that would be an outstanding fit. Will he drop to 12? Should the Broncos trade up to go get him? When you meet him, and we've only met over Zoom, I look forward to shaking his hand. I might linger in the handshake. Heads up. Might be one of those awkward ones. He'll attempt to let go first, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, I, I, I've just have, you know, communicated with him for two years. And um, you pass at your peril. And when you meet him, you get impressed. That's it. And it sure looks like the Broncos are in the market for a new quarterback. And we'll get to that in hour number three because Sean Payton spoke today. Also, there's six months before next season. He could easily put on 15 pounds. The lankiness, and, exactly. And suddenly I mean, he's uh, again, the, 215, 220. The, the dynasty. Uh, whatever. The dynasty documentary. I'd never seen the moving pictures of Brady oh, yeah, at with the combine. The, with the shirt I, I, you've only seen the shirt right, off right, 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 right. photographs. It's... It's film. They they had they got the footage of that and him running at the combine and him running the three cones, looking like what what they say is a baby like a baby deer with his limbs it's flying like all over the place. Just born and I can't really walk. Around. But Brady had the size. Brady's never had his size question. Yeah, Brady's a big guy, six five. Yeah, big guy. Never yeah. had the size question. So, but we we do realize that going to the same college does not guarantee you. Oh no, no, no. No, but 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 I'm just saying no no. I'm saying that Michigan is not known as a quarterback school. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Even with Tom Brady having seven rings. Because Brady there had to deal with Drew Henson. Which is another part about this documentary. It's just like what that Brady what Brady had to overcome to get the opportunity to become the the Tom Brady that we all know is truly an unbelievable journey. But you didn't think of him as a great quarterback until that 2007 season. I, what, you didn't think of him as a great quarterback until 2007, even after he I, I won say, three I, out of four? I would say New England fans were like, this is the guy. But I think nationally, it was just kind of like, oh, he's got a great defense. He doesn't really throw a lot. He's never had more than like 20 touchdowns. Like, is the, you know, he's kind of getting carried by... Uh, Bruski and McGinnis and, and Will Ford. And I guess and as evidenced by the fact that Bill. Deion Branch got the MVP in that Super yeah. Bowl, not not the guy who threw yeah. it to him. In yeah. the same way that Ben didn't get it, Santonio Holmes right. got it because there was a lack of respect for Ben, although diff for different sure. reasons. Then 2007 hits, and it's just, I mean, they scored 38 points the first three games of the season. You're F like, what? what is this team? 50 touchdowns. And now you're like, oh, he's one of the greatest now. Because also, Chris, it took a long time for the majority of the people to put him above Peyton. Peyton held on to that quote-unquote number one guy spot 
for a without long, having won, without winning for a long. Yeah. Pe- so I, I don't know if it was people just didn't sure. want to give it to Brady. I'm, I'm just but. telling you, the kid is the national championship quarterback for a reason. It's not, and it's not because of, you know, obviously the team was great, defensively great, offensive line great, running game is what got him through Penn State. I think he was hurt in that game. I'll just say you're overlooking him at your peril and just leave it at that for the moment. Yeah, Broncos might be able to stay at 12 and, and get him. They may not have to move up if what Albert's saying is what he's hearing is well, true about it, the gap. Let's, uh, let's, we're talking an hour about um, 13 minutes time. The NBA, as we all know, has an officiating issue, Right. But long time. Uh, but we, uh, and I, I, I understand that. But from my point of view, they have a, a replay issue. They're, they're having trouble finding the right cord between using replay appropriately and trying to ignore the fact that replay exists for it, on the altar of gameplay and game flow. Because you could stop an NBA game in every possession to take a look at whether there was a foul or not. So I understand that they don't want to turn, as you see sometimes college basketball will stop, but last two minutes of a college basketball game can sometimes take a half an hour Mm -hmm. because of timeouts and television timeout. You know, you got to take a commercial break, you come back, and then replay butts its head in in ways that it shouldn't and it breaks up the game flow and the NBA doesn't want that and I understand why they don't but the NBA has an issue with blowing a call in the last minute of a game and then admitting they blew the call within minutes of the game being over and trying to be as transparent as possible in their two-minute report where they come out each game has the last two minutes reviewed by the league and whether this should have been a violation, this should have been a foul, and things of that nature. Last night, the Knicks beat the Pistons in Madison Square Garden in a tight game. And the Knicks did not deserve to get the lead at the end because Dante DiVincenzo committed a loose ball foul after turning the ball over in a tie game on the final possession that was allowed to continue instead of no whistle, and the ball wound up in the hands of Josh Hart for an and one. And the Knicks beat the Pistons. And after the game, Monty Williams, who is one of the more reserved coaches in the NBA, just decided to put the fine money in the table. At some point, I think there will be an NBA head coach that will just have $25,000 in cash or an actual check written out. Like, if I'm an NBA head coach, do you have, like, a one of those big poster-sized checks that you see given out? Like lottery, at, win, lottery winners? Yes. Or, yeah. You see given out at, like, like ribbon-cuttings. You know what I mean? What about it? What like, about it's a, already there. You have it in the locker room, written out to the NBA in the amount of $25,000, the maximum you can be fined, and just have it on an easel behind you while you deliver just the speech that Monty Williams delivered last night. 
<laughs> the absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've, we've done it the right way. <clears throat> we've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, <clears throat> and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That, that's an abomination. You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. Now he goes. Wow. The one line that we didn't, because um, I guess it was off off mic that we, we didn't clip for you as well, was he started saying, where's the New York media now? Yeah, I heard that. That's what he said before he delivered that soliloquy because I, I imagine mm. the New York media did not show up to the post-game Pistons press conference. James Williams, the crew chief. Crew chief. Not the assistant crew chief. Crew chief. From the top guy. Well, it's also a Hollywood Shuffle reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when can you think dog reference? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Every time I think of having a crew chief, I think of... You work hard, Robert. One day, maybe you might become crew chief. Crew chief. Assistant crew chief. <laughs> anyway, James Williams, the uh, official, is the crew chief. He was the one standing over the play. Right next to it. Like, he had... He, 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 when Dante <laughs> Vincenzo, Vincenzo tried to recover the turnover he had just created. I mean, Asar Thompson... Stepped into the lane, picked off the pass, then kind of lost control of it trying to dribble it, but did get a hand on it when DiVincenzo barreled into him, and the contact nearly knocked James Williams over. No call. Play continues. Of course, it winds up down low and one. Knicks wind up winning the game because there was hardly any time left. Uh, after the game, he goes, upon... This is in a pool report. Upon post-game review, we determined that Thompson gets to the ball first and then was deprived of the opportunity to gain possession of the ball. Therefore, a loose ball foul should have been whistled on New York's Dante DiVincenzo. And if this is reviewable post-game, can't we come up with a construct to review it in-game? <laughs> and I understand the replay Rules are constructed in such a way, it's so stingy that coaches just won't use it on obvious situations in a first half. It doesn't matter. The only way they would use it, a replay challenge in the first half, is if it's to review a, a foul on one of your key players that just picked up his third, you know, in the second quarter. That's the, there's no, it doesn't matter. They will just, reviews will not be used by a head coach in the NBA until the last couple months. You keep it in your back pocket because they're so stingy. The league's so stingy with these reviews. And then if you don't have one, you have to sometimes wonder, is this even reviewable? Can you even review whether a loose ball foul should be called? 
the association has got to get their governors together in their competition committee. By the way, I should have a, a seat on every <laughs> league's competition committee because I've got an opinion on everything. And certainly I feel like I'm an expert on replay based on the NFL. But the NFL doesn't, you know, can can stop the game in the final two minutes. And and it doesn't seem to affect the flow in the NBA. They just don't want it stopped. They don't want the game to end. They don't want an extra timeout to be given to another team. You know, because you're calling timeout. You're giving another team a chance to draw up a play or whatever. I understand these two sports are different. But you got to figure out a way. Do you, do you have, the say, the last 60 seconds of the game is reviewed by the league office? All, all reviews come in from the league office in the last two minutes of a game? Do you come up with what would be concerned, termed egregious? I don't, I don't know. I'm just yeah. throwing stuff out here. But it's infuriating as a fan to say, oh, so you had time that you knew at the time this thing was potentially so blown that you'd looked at it afterwards, or the two-minute review is it conducted by the officials right away every game. doesn't matter whether there is something egregious or game-turning or stomach-turning. They do this process, and then they speak to a pool reporter. But for me, it's infuriating. Like, yeah, we've already looked at it and already know we blew it. Or at least we're telling you. Well, why don't we then come up with a construct where we do it when it can actually be overturned and rectified and the game isn't affected? Why can't we come up with that? That would be too easy. Well, again, it's not... I'm trying to point out how it's not easy where they don't want to interrupt the game flow. Again, college basketball, sometimes it's infuriating how long it takes. Last night, it was so obvious. Right. You know, uh, get get it right. The guy turns it over. He makes a terrible pass that is easily intercepted by the defense. It's just that he has a split moment trying to corral it after he picks it off. So the ball is loose, but he does get to it first. It's so obvious that the guy who created the turnover is barreling in his way to try to rectify his mistake and clearly fouls. And the ref is standing right there. there. And he's the crew chief who's just mere moments away from reviewing it and telling a pool reporter, I blew it. But we don't have a construct in order to have that moment happen when it can actually be properly rectified now if you're the league do you do you replay the last some on seconds of the game why don't you get everyone out there it seems pretty you've already you've already said it's blown and i'm not the only fan who thinks this your immediate thought is what was the spread oh what what was the total well i don't think that way what's going on here a lot of fans think that way that's that's unfortunate then the but that's the the nba's own fault then the well, because their own got their own official years ago did this, and they did nothing to put it, the public's mind at ease. Well, that it, you know. Well, then maybe the way to put the public's mind at ease is to come up with a replay construct to fix it. I guess I should use a different word to rectify it. It's better than what it is now. Well, because you think it's fixed. 
Well, look. The, the, other, the I'm saying fix it, and you're saying maybe maybe it's fixed. The total's 225, and it ended at 224 because is of that the what it was? Is that what it was? So, is that what it was? Yeah. What are we doing? Oh, I don't think God. that's a coincidence. You think you think one of the – you really think people think – I think it happens way too often okay. for it to just be like, oh, that's weird. Let's take a break. Albert Breer will be joining us from the Combine next. This is the edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take a break before Albert Breer. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed you know what? We're givers here on the Rich Eisen Show. Yeah. We're not we're not just takers. I think so. So let's uh, let's bring in Albert Breer before the radio audience joins, just to so we could give something to Albert, if you don't mind. Can we get Albert yeah, up here? There you are, yeah. Albert. You're there, Albert. Uh-oh. You get you give us so much. I'm, be, I'm being set up. No, you're I not think. being set up. Albert, not the way you think. Don't Albert, worry about it. You give us so Trent much, Calfoy. Albert. We're going to give something to you. Okay, it's a scoop. I think you need to run this down. Use <laughs> all of your outstanding reporting acumen <laughs> to run this down. Put it up on the screen here. Uh, Kyler Murray is the franchise quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. Okay. So that's your news. That's what they tweeted out yesterday. There Uh, it is. There it is. There it is. Just like, just like four years ago, right? I guess. Five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, Josh is our guy. I think was the quote. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. What what, is is something going on with them? Like we're. They, no. they feel the need to tweet that out, or what do you? What, what? I, it is a little, it is a little weird, but I mean, <laughs> like every every indication I've gotten is that they're good and like that Kyler, you know, like really meshed well with Jonathan Gannon okay. and with Drew Petsing, the offensive coordinator. So, I I wonder if they're trolling us a little bit because you'll remember. So there was that right, and then I think it was two years ago where Eric Burkhart 
Kyler's agent on the first day of the combine dropped that statement. Right? Oh, that's right. If you remember. So like this has sort of been a Cardinals thing uh, over the last five years. Okay. So okay. are they trolling us? I don't know. Well, I mean, it feels like they're trolling. Us, well, that's, you know? I'm, I'm glad that it's in support because then the spirit of, of our, uh, of our montage that we are collage that we put out. There it is. Mike Del Tufo is our franchise audio executive. There he oh, is. I like it. Okay. I like it. So think, Mike, does that affirmation make you feel good? Yeah, Give I, you a, I I don't know how to feel. I, 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 I really I don't. I don't get, <laughs> Back on the well, maybe I'm in, maybe here. maybe maybe I'm actually interviewing for the job right now. No, right oh. no, 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 Albert. This is our audio executive, and you just stay in your lane. You're outstanding in your lane, where you are. But I just want to make sure that. Everyone understands that these collages are all in support. They're not all oh, to leave the door open for people. You know what I'm saying? I think, yeah. I, I also okay. wanted to mention um, yes. like that I, I really appreciated um, your response to my Marvin Harrison tweet yesterday. And you I was going to respond, but I was in the plot. I was in the air. Okay. Right. And then yeah. I, and then I, then I wound up finding a piece of video where you guys were actually workshopping it. Yes. So on the air. I was wondering if Rich, you'd be so kind, maybe you could give, me, your staff. Yes. To workshop. Yes. Before before I hand off the staff to you, let me just you know recap. Fantastic. To recap yeah. the story that you put out there is that Marvin Harrison is not working out specifically for combine. No, so many of the uh, kids these days are just training to run fast or jump high at the combine. He's not going to do the workouts at the combine or the pro day. He's getting ready for football. This fall, and you said, I think that's a smart decision. Uh, I then responded by saying, uh, then then I I, perhaps, something along the lines of, it it, it might help that he didn't play in December or January either. (laughs) You know? And you you guys helped me workshop that. There it is. Maybe it will help that he had December and January off too, is what I said. There it is. There's the exchange. Now I hand it to you, Albert. My staff is yours. What do you got? Yeah, so like, I, got, I, I, I had a couple of different ideas here. One was um, a Michigan man would know what that feels like. Um, oh, oh, you know, nice. another one, okay, another one I was thinking like was oh. the only shame of all of this is that he won't be around next November mm. for the reckoning. But that might be a little too direct. And I, I, I don't know. I, mm. I, I want to keep this a little light. And not be as direct and hit you between the eyes with it. But so. you can't. I'm untouchable. I'm untouchable. But that's the thing. Yeah. Right and that's now. the thing is. That's there's the thing no is. Like, and I don't. And I. You're and, and no, That's the beautiful yeah. thing. I think, Albert, just, I just mean, use, use facts. Use the facts to your advantage in the two games against Michigan. He, he had his day. He had 12 catches for 238 yards and two touchdowns. I think that gets right. the point across. Right. And that's when he was playing a defense that he said he hadn't really seen before. And he still succeeded. Right, it was, too, it was too easy for him. That's yeah. why he said that. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, did they help, Albert? You mean like so? Yeah. I mean, I think it probably helped him get better for the NFL and no, help I all those the, guys get. No, did these guys help you? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking. Oh, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, it also helped some coaches get NFL jobs. By the way, that was that's like one of those things that you give your customers. Like, hey, was my staff helpful today? <laughs> I, 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 I like I, I will say this: you have you were very patient and you waited a lot of years, and now you've pounced, and I can't blame you. And mm-hmm. I have to take my medicine, and that's where we're at right now. And 
and at least for another, I'm doing the math in my head right now. You know, I went to Ohio State, so I have to kind of <laughs> take my time doing this. Another nine months, right? And uh, and we'll see what happens. Very good. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show from the Combine. Your take on Ryan Pohl's comments today is what, based on your reporting that you, 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 you said mm-hmm. the Bears wanted to have a plan coming out of the Combine about what they're going to do yeah. at quarterback. So uh, you're the perfect person to ask about yep. Poles' comments today and how you read them. So I think Poles' comments reflect a general manager who wants all of his options laid out before him. And I don't think it behooves him to publicly say what they're going to do. In other words, if they say we're trading Justin Fields, well, now how do t- other teams look at that, right? Um, do offers for the first overall pick stop coming in? Um, if he says, you know, we're trading the first overall pick, well then, you know, like does, how does that affect that market? So I I think what's best for him and what's best for the franchise right now is to have all of their options out in front of them with the knowledge in the back of the head, back of their heads that, uh, of what they're going to do. Now they have done a ton of work on, on Caleb Williams and they are far down the line. Now they have to meet with him this week, but I mean, they were in Los Angeles. They, um, they, when they, they, they went out, they met with Cliff Kingsbury about their offensive coordinator job. Um, they, you know, were out there to talk to Zach Robinson. They, they did a background through the fall. I mean, they, they have an idea of what they think of Caleb Williams. And I think this week is about confirming it. Um, but I still think the likelihood is that they stick at one and take him because look like he's a generational talent. Like he's a once every few years type of quarterback and it gives them a chance to reset, um, the rookie contract clock for your quarterback, which is invaluable. So like, I, I think this week's going to be about, again, like he said, information gathering and gathering what they could get for the number one overall pick and gathering what is possible for Justin Fields. And they've allowed a lot of that to happen to this point, naturally having teams come to them rather than the other way around. Um, but I mean, Ryan said it himself, like if we're trading Justin Fields, the fair thing to do is to trade him before free agency starts. It's what's fair for Justin. It's also what's best for them because there are going to be far fewer quarterback vacancies four or five, six weeks from now. So, you know, with free agency, just a couple of weeks away, I don't think there's any question that Justin has that, that, that Ryan Poles has it in his head. Like this is probably what we're going to do pending the last piece of the information gathering that we do this week. What's your best guess as to what the markets are for the first overall pick and for Justin Fields? Well, with the first overall pick, it sort of depends on how far down you're coming from, right? Like, so, you know, Minnesota 11 or Denver at 12, we're going to have to pay more um, pick-wise than Washington would for flopping, you know, for flip-flopping their one and two. Um, But, I mean, this is seen as a very rich quarterback draft and a quarterback draft that's very strong at the top. So I think the teams that have the top three picks are all going to have strong markets for their picks. And I think there is a separation between Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels. So if the Bears were to option, uh, auction the pick off, I think they could get a lot for it. Um, I think more than three first round picks, if you're talking about going outside the top 10 to 11 or 12, um, I think it'd be that sort of haul mm. for them. Justin Fields, I think, because of the contractual situation. And again, none of this is Justin's fault. It's a weird circumstance where they had somebody else's first round pick and that team wound up being the worst team in the league. So it's not like he was the quarterback of the worst team in the league. And that's what put them in this situation. And they love him. They think he can win with him. Um, 
you know, but I, I think that they, again, they want to do right by Justin. I mean, this is a GM and Ryan Poles who took Justin into the draft room, took him into the war room two years ago when he first got there and basically showed him the draft board and explained, this is why we probably aren't taking a receiver in the, in the round. Right. So like, he's going to be transparent the same way with Justin this time around. I think he's going to try to get him to the best place possible for Justin, as well as for the bears. And I think we're probably talking and most ballpark I've got no, people don't think they're going to be able to get a one for him, but a day two pick plus a day three pick, which is affected, of course, by his contractual situation that he's only got one year left on his rookie deal, that the fifth year option is really expensive if you decide to pick that up. Um, you know, like, so I think we're talking again, a day two pick and a day three pick, whether that's a two and a five or a three and a seven, whatever it is, I think depends on how many teams wind up being in it, but I think it's somewhere in that ballpark. Who, who's in it for fields? You're hearing Pittsburgh and Atlanta, and you're hearing Raiders. You know all the Atlanta's usual suspects. the one I have circled. Like I, I, I've heard that the owner really liked him three years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I think, you know, I, I think if you're Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot, what going and getting Justin Fields does for you with a with a roster that's already pretty built out is he gives you a swing at getting your quarterback for the next five or 10 years, but not the sort of swing as if you took one fifth overall or seventh overall or ninth overall, right? In other words, they could trade for Justin Fields and still take a quarterback this year in the first round or next year or the year after. He gives you a shot at getting a long, having a long-term answer at quarterback, but you're also not like handcuffed. So you can still take more shots at, as, at it as you go. Um, so I think, that's why for Atlanta, he makes sense. Now, Pittsburgh, I think, is possible. Mike Tomlin's got a lot of strong connections to the Ohio State program. They're going to be able to get good information on him. Arthur Smith did pass on him three years ago, though, right? Like So Arthur Smith's work, offense can work for him. Where does he think of him? Vegas would be another one. But Luke Getzey's there. So what does Luke Getzey think after working with him the last couple of years? Does he want to build an offense in Vegas the same way that he built one for him in Chicago? Um, I think those would be the teams I'd start with. Um, and you know, again, like you go down the list of teams that have franchise quarterbacks or that took quarterbacks high the last couple of years, you get to a point where it's like, you know, no more than a handful of teams probably get involved in this. Well, I mean, if say you're a team like, uh, Washington or new England, you know, no yep. one's really even mentioning Washington as a Justin Fields location. Cause everybody thinks they're just going to go and get the the kid they won in the draft, not named Caleb Williams. But mm-hmm. you, you you could get Justin Fields now for, as you pointed out, a, a a day two pick or two and add Marvin Harrison Jr. to the mix using that choice. Right. You you could st- you stay put and then you get the best receiver that a lot of people think have come out of the draft in quite some time for Justin Fields, right? I mean, like that's the benefit right. of going to get Justin Fields now. That's right. how you could work it. And I think it would work for Washington more than than it would for New England, just because I think Washington's roster is a little bit more be- built out. Right. New England has so many needs, right? Like, if you look at – and they've got needs at premium positions, Rich, like tackle, receiver, quarterback. Like, they – I mean, it really is sort of a ground-up rebuild, whereas, like, Washington, you can start to look around their roster. And yes, they traded the defensive ends, but – they had drawn Payne and Jonathan Allen. They drafted Emmanuel Forbes last year at receiver. They've got um, Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson. So Washington, I could see it a little bit more because you can get yourself to a place where you're like, okay, um, 
you know, I, I like, I could see where it would make sense for them because then maybe they're a little bit closer and adding a Marvin Harrison could put them over the top. The one thing about that is though, San Francisco wasn't wild about fields uh, three years ago and the new general manager there, the, the guy who's going to be making this pick came from San Francisco. So I still think the likelihood would be the commanders take one, take, take either Daniels or May at two. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. What is going on with the Broncos and Russell Wilson? And I'll just leave it at oh, that. Oh, I think it's over. Don't you? Yeah, it sounds over, you know, with with um, Sean Payton also saying today that he said he saw a meme of uh, uh, somebody wearing a jersey of a, a bunch of the names of the names, quarterbacks yeah. with crossed out names. He says, we just got to make sure the next one isn't crossed out. Right. And thus, you know, the next one clearly doesn't refer to Russell Wilson, who goes on uh, the I Am Athlete podcast um, and, you know, tells Brandon Marshall essentially that the team did him dirty, but yeah. he still wants to stay and his house isn't sold. Uh, I, I, so that's why I ask you, like, what is, what is going on with Russ? Somebody, but, but like, sometimes I feel like everyone needs a fresh start. Doesn't this feel like one of those situations? Well, but the the Denver Broncos were supposed to be the fresh start for. And I, and it's been two years and now you have the history of the Nathaniel Hackett year. You have the history of how last year ended. You have the fight between the agent and the team that, that, that happened at the end of last year. There's just all of this baggage that Russell Wilson would carry into 2024, right? So if Russell Wilson goes, let's say Russell Wilson goes to Las Vegas, right? And plays for the Raiders. Well, if the Raiders start like two and three and he's got a few picks over the first five weeks, okay, good. You ride it out, right? That same scenario happens in Denver. And oh my God, are they looking to run him out of town? You know, because he's still chasing all that history of the last couple of years. And things could go sour quicker because of the history there, right? So um, I think, you know, a fresh start makes the most sense for everybody. It makes sense for Russell. I think it really makes sense for Sean Payton. I think this right here is the opportunity for Sean Payton to hit reset at quarterback and go forward and execute his own quarterback plan, which I think in the back of his head he really wanted to do from the time he got to Denver at the beginning of 2023. And so I, I think the the Broncos are going to be doing all of the work with the quarterbacks in the draft. I, I, I look at J.J. McCarthy and Bo Nix as guys who stylistically actually make some sense, right? So could those guys be a consideration with the 12th overall pick? I think they'll talk to teams about trading up. Now, whether or not they can pull it off, I don't know. Um, but I think that you're, you're going to see – I think you're going to see a reset here. And I think that the, the reset's going to happen because Russell Wilson could use a fresh start. There's the contractual issue that you'd have to work around to make it to, to, to even think about having him back. And this is maybe the one shot that Sean Payton has in Denver at hitting the reset button. I can't see him passing that up. I, I don't know, though. I mean, I, I read somewhere that J.J. McCarthy's lanky and is way back of the quarterback group. Albert, where did I read that? Oh, that's right. An unnamed executive. Oh, you think I, you, the, no, 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 hey, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you. No, I, I, I'm, I'm saying somebody that you're quoting um, is yeah. re, is misreading. But the I had situation. the other one too. If you look, there's another quote. No, there I'm not saying where, you're doing him dirty. I'm not. I didn't mean that. No, I'm just saying somebody's doing him dirty. Uh, I don't. Yeah. You know. No, there's split. There's a huge amount of split opinion on JJ McCarthy. What I found, at least. Yeah. Like I, I, I think. So there's a couple. There's a couple problems. 
Number one, it's can he carry a team because he wasn't asked to at Michigan. Now, that doesn't mean he can't, but you're projecting that a little bit. And if you go back and you look at the history of it, right, with some of the young guys in the league now, Josh Allen carried Wyoming. Patrick Mahomes carried Texas Tech. Um, Lamar Jackson carried Louisville. Joe Burrow didn't have to carry LSU, but with an all-star team around him, he broke every record, not just at LSU, but every record in the SEC, Mm -hmm. right? So you haven't seen that. There's also the question about his build. And, you know, like, is he how much weight can he put on? How tall is he? I think it's going to be big for him this week to get in front of these guys. So these guys can kind of eye him up and see, okay, can he put on more weight? How big can we project him to get? So those are all questions. What I would say, and I say this like 100 percent genuine, like this has nothing to do with with our rivalry. He is competitive as hell. His makeup is great. He's a winner. Like there he's got a loose wrist he's got a good arm he's a really good athlete and he's a loose athlete i mean i just there's a lot to like there it's can you get your how can you wrap your head around the idea that he's lighter than you'd like he may be a little shorter than you'd like and he hasn't been asked to carry a team at the college level that's what you have to reckon with before i let you go i'm gonna ask you this question in a sports talk radio way you can only choose one. Kirk Cousins is back with Minnesota. Justin Jefferson is back with Minnesota. They're both back with Minnesota. Neither's back with Minnesota. How do you see that? Justin Jefferson is back with Minnesota. Um, I could just tell you what the head coach, Kevin O'Connell, and the GM, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, think of him. They believe he is one of one, that there is not another receiver like him. He's still only 24, so whoever their long-term quarterback is can benefit from him. He's got seven or eight years maybe left in his prime. Um, I think it's going to be tough to get a deal done because the cap going up means the numbers are going to go up, right? So are you talking about paying him what, say, Nick Bosa got for the Niners? And we're talking about getting like well into the 30s now. Um, that's something that the Vikings are going to have to reckon with. But I think ultimately they will find a way to get something done. I With Cousins, I'm a lot less certain because it's been made clear to, to, to Cousins people that they're not going to go down the road they did twice already, which is the fully guaranteed road. And so I, I think he's going to have value in the market. Um, I think Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi want to bring him back, and that's the idea is to bring him back how far are they willing to go financially to do it? And if they aren't willing to meet his number, is somebody else going to meet his number? And I just, I think Kirk, I think Kirk's a really good quarterback. I think Kirk is by far the best option out there for, for teams in the market. And I think for someone, maybe this is Atlanta, maybe this is Vegas. It's the teams we've talked about that have openings. Can he be Alex Smith in Kansas city for you? You know what I mean? If you got a new head coach, can he be the guy who can get you up to a competitive level right away and then buy you time to find the next guy. I think he can be. Again, pending what you think of his Achilles injury and the medicals and all of that, like I think he very much can be. So I think that's the model somebody would be looking for with with uh, with Kirk Cousins is what Alex Smith was for Andy Reid in Kansas City. And because of that, I just I sort of feel like somebody is going to go the extra mile to get him. And then maybe a month from now, we're talking about Minnesota trying to trade up to get a quarterback in the draft. Brother, you're the best. Appreciate it. Um, is, and thanks for the workshop. I appreciate it. I thank, all, thank all you guys for you that. Gotta know that. Listen, you we're here for you, Albert. We're here. There may be an eye in Rich and Eisen, but Your I'm a team player. Listen, <laughs> um, you know, as shocked 
as I was to read it, and then melancholy as I was to open up Peter King's retirement column, uh, I was thrilled to see him suggest you and the MMQB first up as a suggestion for people to go to when he's no longer writing his football morning in America. He mentioned you and your column uh, that you took uh, the mantle from him and ran with. He mentioned you, and I was thrilled well, to see that. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I'd be remiss if I didn't say um, what an incredible person he is and what an incredible legacy he leaves. And you know him well, too, Rich. Yep. You know, it's so cliche to say as good as this person was, as good as the guy was at his job, he was even better as a person. But it really applies. I mean, I have you ever seen anything so unanimous on social media as nope. what we saw yesterday? Nope, and he deserved it. it. Unanimous, and he deserved every word of it. And I'm so grateful for what he did for me. If anybody wants to read about that, like I, I, you know, I did a story on him yesterday um, after the announcement. But uh, yeah, congrats, Peter. I hope you get to kick your feet up and go to bed at 9:30 and not worry about having to stay up at three in the morning in Indianapolis anymore. You earned every bit of that. I I love Peter, and I owe him a lot, as do a lot of people in our business. Me too. Plus one. Thanks, Albert. See you in Indy. All right, thanks, Rich. You bet. That's Albert Breer here. Just want to say something about Peter as well, Peter King. Um, when I saw my name as an NFL Network host in his column for the first time, I got a huge lift. Huge. When he once wrote about how much he enjoyed the NFL Network's draft coverage and then threw my name in there, I had an immense sense of pride and accomplishment because he was the one saying it. When Peter King gave you a shout out in his column, and I'm shocking me that I'm now saying in the past tense because he's retiring, it was the ultimate honor for anybody in NFL media because his column on Monday was must read and he would write his head off. Before I started the podcast, that this show was born out of, the first thing I did outside of hosting was write a column for NFL.com because he inspired me to do that. And I started trying to write a column each week. And I thought, you know, I wrote columns in in school, at the school newspaper, and then I was a a newspaper person outside at the Staten Island Advance. Oh, my God. I, I thought I could do it, and then I tried to do it, and then I would write it and then I would just be wiped out writing it and it would be one-tenth as long but length doesn't matter it matters the the quality of the writing it was one I don't even know what the percentage was of what Peter was delivering to his readers and the thing that was also great about Peter is how giving he is to everybody in the industry, giving of compliments, giving of time, giving of two cents. So generous and giving to fans. He would, he's the guy who was like, let's have a beer in certain towns. He would have meetups with his fans. It was first one I recall doing that. Giving of his fans, giving of his side, giving of himself. So the fact that he's now saying, I got to take time for me. You take all the time you need, Peter. And you've got a spot here all the time. I love that man. Well done, Peter King, to say the least. What an incredible run. I wanted to say this yesterday, but the lights literally went out here. So it took me a day to get around to it.
<laughs> I think we all feel the same way about Peter. Susie yeah, does too. Man. Susie had him on What the Football. I think she's having him on Thursday's show when she's sitting in this seat. Love, Peter King. Congratulations. What a run. Back with more on the Rich Eisen Show in a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. I also love the story that you told, and if you wouldn't mind uh, telling the audience here as well, uh, at the Combine, when you would be pulled into rooms <laughs> and, you, and you didn't know which room you were being pulled into by which. Yeah, room. yeah, I was, I was, I was, you know, it had come back in, not, back in that day, everybody yeah. was reaching for it. Agents was in the hotel. Yeah. Everybody was everybody. It now went, it now went, it's all it, scheduled. Yeah. It now was scheduled know. structure. You can't be in a hotel. You can't be on the premises. Then it was everything was wow. So I'm backing away from crowds and people trying to grab me. And I backed into this room and the Giants was there. And it was the Giants room. And they had people sitting down taking these tests. What do they call these things? Oh, yeah. Like the psychology yeah. test, right? I mean, the thing was that thick, man. And they, I sat down, and they gave me this thing. And what is this? They say, it's this test, and, you know, we need you to take it. I said, oh, what picker do you have? It's like the 10th. I said, oh, I'll be, be going for it then. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> so I got to be walking out. <laughs> I'll be going. I'll be way going for then. And And then let's just get into it here. I mean, Belichick said he watched you run the 40 at the combine. And that you ran it and then ran into the tunnel. And is it true? That's not true. Okay. You did not run into a waiting car and being taken no, to the airport no, right then and there. No, because I had more interviews and all of that. No. That that story just grows and it grows. Does. It's like yeah, a fish yeah, story. It is. It is. It, that's not true. I did everything that I was asked to do. Now, I didn't lift. I ain't do none of that because Jerry Rice to this day had laid across my arms and <laughs> let me bench press him. You know, I, I don't know where that comes from. I love that you say that when, when you're watching the defensive backs I, I hate the that. weight and reps of 225 struggling to get a fifth one up. You're when like, have you ever said, man, well, if that guy would have got one more rep, he'd have been there on that play. <laughs> Never! Of the three-cone drill. Like, no, this has nothing to do with nothing. So I didn't do any of that stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, it all worked out. Yeah. Did I see you with your blenders on earlier today? 
back here on the Rich Eisen Show. You were you, 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 you wearing your prime blenders, right? Why wouldn't I? Wouldn't I? I? You know I'm, I'm, I'm not I accusing you. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Let's go to the uh, phone lines. Corey in Milwaukee has uh, been hanging on. What's up, Corey? Hey, what's up, Rich? How are you? I'm fine. Nice set of pipes, Corey. <laughs> so I got a question. I, I, I want your thoughts on this. I like Caleb. I believe the Bears like Caleb. But I think the Bears have an opportunity to do something genius here. And that is? They can trade back that number one pick, draft Marvin Harrison, take the draft capital hall, trade fields, take that draft capital, stay at nine, take the local kid McCarthy, and go sign Austin Eckler to a cheap deal. And I think you're contending in the NFC Ooh, North. Corey next in Milwaukee. Now then, let's walk through Corey, this. Do here. you win all your fantasy leagues? <laughs> <laughs> so you trade Not one down. Hold on a second. You trade one down to where and get you get. Uh, so you trade one down to where and and, and get Marvin. I, I would trade it to Washington. They seem to be okay very high on the, on their local kid Caleb. So okay, I, so I, then I you trade you trade him. down to one. So that you take that draft capital, um, but you'd yeah. have to trade Justin Fields first. You got to trade him now. Okay. Yeah. So okay, but that doesn't preclude you from trading out again, getting a draft haul, and then you've got a. I'd imagine you'd have so many draft picks you can move up to get JJ McCarthy from nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, easily. Or down move, eight. move back to three and get May or Daniels. But you don't want to do that. You want you want you want Marvin. He's saying get get the receiver with DJ Moore, you get, get the young kids, and then get the kid from Illinois in JJ McCarthy. No, I'm saying you trade to two, take Marvin Harrison, then trade back to three with the picks you just got from Washington. With the nine? Yeah, take nine and some future picks. Hold on, let's ask Corey. Three. Corey, sorry, Corey. Yeah, I, I I think you move back one and you take Harrison with, at, at number two, and you. you, you 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 still fine with McCarthy at nine. I don't unless Denver moves up to try to get him. I, I would stick with. At but you'd McCarthy have enough picks to get him when, when if if that's the guy you wanted and targeted. You have enough picks to make sure you get him. Absolutely. All right, Corey. Thanks for the call. Well, how about that one? I was saying do what the Texans did last year. So you're picking two and three. Hmm. Yeah. Raheem Morris, the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, is coming up. Usually, when a a fan, no disrespect. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Let me say that again. Uh, sorry. No disrespect. Right. But usually when a fan will call me, come to the show, I got this trade idea. And you're like, okay. <laughs> that one actually stopped me in my tracks because that one would just reset because you'd have to – you're trading Justin Fields first. Ryan Pohl said that right. because, number one, it's wrong to the kids. Just let him sit all the way through to the end of April. Two, it's wrong for you because everybody's going to fill their roster spots at quarterback if they have a need – Second week of March, free agency hits. It's on. So you need to get your – you need to offload your guy then. So then you're thinking, it's going to be Caleb. It's going to be Caleb. It's going to be Caleb. And then it's not. Washington moves up to take Caleb Williams. You go down to two. You get Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you've got picks up the yin-yang to go surround your guy who is less than, he's like quarterback four, but he's also a local kid who a lot of fans there kind of know from his Big Ten play. And if 
You loved Harbaugh, you get his spirit animal version. True. Okay. What do Bears fans think of that? I'll take, I'll take, I'll. Bears Let's fans. hear it from you. <laughs> React to me. Stephen Jones chiming in on what dad meant about saying all in. That's oh. our three, two. Oh, yeah. News popping. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? You pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.